from Relay FM. This is the Pan Addict, episode 343, and today's show is brought to you by FreshBooks and Squarespace. My name is Mike Hurley. I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hello, world traveling Mike Hurley. How are you? Hello, uh, Atlanta based Brad Dowdy. <laughs> I get fascinated by your travel. Is that weird? Um, I don't know. It depends in what way. Like, I don't necessarily like you were at PodCon in Seattle mm-hmm. this past week, so we'll talk about that a little bit. But like I'm more interested since I've I've traveled with you enough, like I want to know like how was like the actual travel portion and what things did you bring with you? Like I don't care about the event necessarily. <laughs> like tell me about the event. I'm like, no, tell me like about the things you brought and did that work or not work for you? So Well, it <laughs> was really good. T- it was good. The mm-hmm. difficulty that I had this time is I was uh, at PodCon, it's like a podcast convention. And mm-hmm. I did this last year. Oh, it's like in December twenty seventeen. This is the second one. Mm-hmm. Um I take posters to be signed, right? Yeah. So I had like a couple of hundred posters in a box in my suitcase. Oof. Now that will make your suitcase pretty heavy. Yeah. As well as the gear that I take to record, because I was recording shows there, like one of the pieces Mm -hmm. of gear is literally a weighted microphone stand, right? So yes, I had a very heavy suitcase. I was bumping up against the limits of what I could take (laughs) on the plane. So that was that was the the interesting thing that I took with me at least. Uh but PodCon itself was brilliant. I had a great time. I met a lot of wonderful listeners. I met some Panatic listeners as I always do. I meet Panatic listeners everywhere I go. Uh nice. they were always there hiding out. Um I was on some great <laughs> panels. Uh you can listen to the panels actually. They they have a ticket you can sign up for called like it's the digital pass or something and you can still get okay. that. So they will release like an RSS feed with all of okay. the uh, with all of the panels on it. So I was on some good panels, and it was great because I got to spend time with people who I really respect and admire as well. Like as well as meeting listeners, I got to like hang out with podcasters and some of some friends, some of some new friends, and some of some people that I'd like to get to know more. So it was really mm-hmm. wonderful. I had a I had a great I had a really 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 great time. I enjoyed it even more uh, than the first one. And talking about things that are better than the first one, uh, I had my poster. Dude. So, last year, we, like, I fawned over the poster. That was, like, one of the greatest creations I'd ever seen. And your artist beat it. Yeah. Like, that's abnormal. <laughs> yeah. Tell, so, tell me about this poster. The the, the the posters are illustrated um, by a guy called CJ Rowland. I'll put his Instagram into the into the chat. I actually think right now he's doing portrait commissions. Um, you should get one done because his work <laughs> is so good. Uh, and I think he was doing it for like sixty pounds or something, which wow for his level of work is is nothing. This guy is so so talented. Um, I think that's right. Yeah, like he's doing Valentine's Day commissions, sixty pound for one person, a hundred pound for couples, uh, which is a fantastic deal for for his for his style. Um, and I found like I found him years ago. He contacted me and was just like, "Hey, like I this is a thing that I do. If you ever need any work, let me know." And then when it came to me needing a poster, I was like, "Oh, I know this guy who's super talented because I followed him on Instagram because I loved his mm. style so much." It was like 
the perfect style for me. Like I just really loved the way it looked. So then uh, he did my first poster and it went down so well. And so then this year I said to him, well, can we treat it like a sequel? Mm -hmm. Was like my thinking, right? Like, can we treat it like a movie sequel? So the, the idea is this is meant to be like a Miyazaki movie. It's uh-huh. like the coloring is such, right? Like the coloring of this one is really interesting. Um, and this is my like impossible flying machine, yeah. right? Like this is me. I'm making my way to PodCon, but like the whole time I'm still working. So every person on Relay FM that I podcast with ha- has makes a cameo in this. <laughs> like you're, you're, you're peeking in there just over the top of my yeah. drone. Yeah, so like that caught me off guard. I was like, "Oh, look at all the screens! Oh, that's that's like podcast people." He's talking to him. Like, wait a minute, that's Federico. Am yeah. I in there? Yeah, and, and sure enough, I I like there's a little pointy hair and an orange background. It mm-hmm. was like all this little sneaky stuff in there. And I got my box of pens, which I, I, I love <laughs> that he does that. Like, what I love about CJ is he also kind of like not not in like a mood, but like pokes fun at me in interesting ways. Right. right, like he knows my little things, so like, oh, of course mm-hmm. he'd have a box of pens, and like, and I yeah. have a big coffee machine, right? Because that's like a new thing for me recently. Mm-hmm. So, the guy is so talented; it's just yeah, like it good. blows my mind. And I think, <laughs> like, if you just look at the two, they're like so different, right? Like mm-hmm. the styles are so different. Mm-hmm. He's he's so cool, and I was so thrilled with this. Um, and uh, so was everybody that picked one up. So. Uh, yeah, go and follow you, uh, CJ and like even if you just follow him but like his commissions are open now and I think it's well worth it he, there's one of he did a Vadina it's on his profile okay. as well um, which is super cute because she saw this and was like I want him to draw me a picture so okay so then I was like <laughs> alright can you as well as doing this incredible work for me that you're working on right now can you also um, uh, <laughs> make a picture of my wife and he did that hilarious all right, two things. Mm-hmm. One, can you tell me the scope of PodCon for our listeners who have been to like a pin show in the U.S.? How does it oh, compare scope wise? Like, thousands. Yeah, so of it's like a massive. massive it's a convention. Deal, right? It's it's, it's a convention. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's created by the people who created VidCon. Mm-hmm. So like, it's not right. VidCon scale yet. I don't know if it will mm-hmm. ever get there because VidCon is like it's like a different beast. But it was mm-hmm. thousands of people. So, what pins did you bring, if any? Oh, just, uh, I took a Retro 51, mm-hmm. which I always have with me. I took a bunch of Sharpies. I bought some metallic Sharpies, and they failed so fast. So, I had to use the no. black ones. <laughs> they, were gotcha. just, they just dried up on me. Like, I have no idea what was wrong with them. Uh-huh. Um, so, the, ita- the italic, like the chisel tip? Uh, No, just like the regular one. I don't know what oh, you okay. call it. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, okay, cool. Well, good. I'm glad you had a good time. You're, uh, you sound pretty good for all the travel I know you've just completed. <laughs> yeah, I came home yesterday, like 24 hours ago. I might be delirious by the end of the episode. You never know what's going to happen. True, true. But I've I've heard uh, jet lag, Mike, and um, this this time I think you've got him. You've got him beat. So. I hope so. Very cool. Very cool. Um, speaking of getting beat, I kind of want to do that sometimes when it relates to people involved with the DC pin show. Uh-oh. And I just want to throw this out there because there's been some things that have popped up in the pin community and I don't have any affiliation with DC. And I know Bob Johnson, the longtime promoter, has not endeared himself to a lot of people over the years for various decisions he's made. But 
right now he's in the midst of trying to save the pin show from getting stolen out from under him. So what? I just want I just want to be I just want to bring this up. I don't have all the details and there's a lot of information out there. But basically last year when, you know, two years ago how bad it went, right? Mm-hmm. That was the 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 terrible show. And then he took on someone to help him with this year. Uh excuse me, last year. And so that person um his name's Glenn Bowen helped him out and then this year Glenn has tried to basically usurp him took over the mailing list got people to send Glenn money directly um took a create recreated a website all these things without Bob's approval so this is all you need to know for right now and this is really all that there is out there Bob still runs the DC pen show he's in charge any payments should be going to Bob Johnson. The PennCentral.com website has been reverted back to its original bad state, and Bob knows it. But Bob has put his contact information, including his phone number, front and center on that page. That's probably a bad idea, but fine. Well, he's never had it available. He's he's panicking, right? Like right, right, right. Like yeah. he's getting like someone is trying to take advantage of him. So for what for as much as you are aware. This isn't someone trying to scam people. It's somebody who's trying to run their own pen show instead of this I don't one. know. Okay, I, you don't know. I can't say for a fact right, okay. either way. Sure. But I know that Bob has the hotel contract. And if, you know, people... Bob's responsible for the show. So Bob's the one that needs the payments for the show um, to get your tables. If anyone has paid Glenn, you know, Bob is going to accept that. Um, if you have proof of payment, but Glenn is in no way in charge of what's happening at the DC pen show. So mm. like, I don't even want to talk about this stuff, but it's become such a prevalent topic that I think it, and it's out there and it's the biggest pen show, right? And at least it, our hope would be by us talking about this, we are at least able to get the word out to people that might be in the situation of trying to attend right right this is a venue that you would assume a, a lot of relevant parties would be paying attention to would be the hope yeah yeah and a lot of it like the vent the email went out to like the vendor list so people have started to pay but if they need to be paying bob not writing checks to like a whole new a whole new bank account was created that was separate from oh, this is a real mess so, so yeah like i'm not going to like csi this to death but you should just know that anything related to the DC pin show that you have questions about needs to go through Bob Johnson and pincentral.com. You know, so like attendees, it's not going to affect you really that much at all. Um, but you should know when you're looking at information that uh, until there's even more clarity comes out that you should focus on pincentral.com, a new Instagram uh, that's pincentral. So, you know, I, I just feel like it's a word of warning that people should be made aware of and um you know that's kind of all there all there is right now it's just a super weird situation that none of us are involved in directly but it affects like travel and planning and businesses and things like that when you're trying to deal with this so a bunch of shenanigans going on with the dc pin show and we're just trying to make sure um everyone uh you know is is 
playing it safe with their money and who they contact and what the right thing to do is right now. So get in touch with Bob if you're a DC Pincho vendor. That's who you should be conducting business through. And uh, I'm sure this podcast will get me some nasty emails in the inbox over the next week. So I look forward to those. Why? <laughs> I don't know. When, well, when people are trying to stage a coup... Um, they don't exactly think, they don't exactly think clearly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. I, they, uh, most people don't know what an internet radio show is anyway, so we're probably good. Yeah. I think we'll fly under the radar for something, <laughs> but I think this is a good, a good word to get out. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we're, uh, we're a community touchstone, right? Yeah. So you want to spread this word a little bit, even though we may not have a hundred percent of the information. I'm confident with the information that I do have to share this. Yeah. Um, do you know if you're planning on attending DC? <laughs> I mean, so we've all, I, yes, I want to, and I've never had to buy my table because it's historically been impossible to deal with Bob. So Van S always gets one extra table and I just pay her. Yeah. So I never have to deal with Bob and you and I know that we don't bother doing any events there because we can't really deal with Bob. So we just kind of go and work and have Mm -hmm. fun otherwise. So yeah, it doesn't affect me at all. Yeah. So just as like a, an update, Kickstarter wise, we're not going to DC. We are... <laughs> <laughs> well, we did it once, and I do want to go back there one day, but it's not the place for us right now. We have yeah. picked our second show, so we know where we're going. We know we where know we want to go. So we're doing Atlanta and Mystery Location. Um, mystery. More about that soon, but we've picked the place. Yeah, I'm just trying to finalize the. Uh, it's a new place. Some pricing, new place. Us. We have not new been place. to the place. We have not been to that place before. So if we if we have been to that place, it's not that place. Not that place. So it's not mm-hmm. Toronto. It's not New York. Uh, it's not DC. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're going to a, to a new place for the Pan Attic podcasts. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I will say, maybe in Sharon Monster, we will be doing a live show at that place too. Yeah. So that's also new. So. Yeah, double More new, to new come. place, very and, soon, and live show. First, yep, pre-announced live show. Yep. So, it's exci- we got exciting stuff in the in the in yep. the works. All right, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FreshBooks. FreshBooks will help you save time with invoicing expense tracking, and getting paid online. FreshBooks has drastically reduced the time it takes for over ten million people to deal with their paperwork. FreshBooks can save you 192 hours with this, a lot of hours, with their super simple cloud accounting software for freelancers. I use FreshBooks every single day. I use it every week at least. I've actually logged on yesterday because I wanted to go in and see like, okay, kind of at that. It's that time. It's that time. time. Yep. Like I wanted to just go and check, like, do we have anybody that's late to pay us? And I could look from the very front screen of FreshBooks could see that no. 
I didn't need to bug anyone because it's right there front and center. It tells me how like kind of the overall age of our outstanding invoices so I can go in and check what I need to check. I love that, that every time I log into FreshBooks, I'm given notifications about what I need to be paying attention to so I don't have to dig through everything. But you can also, if you want to, you can have FreshBooks send out automatic late payment email reminders for you so you never need to think about it. FreshBooks has so many amazing features. Every time you send an invoice, you can see right there that somebody's received it you can see that they've opened it you can even see that they've printed it it takes away those guessing games if you listen to this show right now and think to yourself huh i send invoices or huh i track expenses yeah but i don't know if i want to try it no now is the time because FreshBooks are offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial with no credit card required all you have to do is go to freshbooks.com slash penaddict and you can sign up and try it out for yourself right now. And if they say to you, hey, how did you hear about us? Tell them from the Pen Addict podcast. Our thanks to FreshBooks for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. So I saw, I may have even been tagged. Yeah, I was tagged in this post on Instagram. Can I just say, I love that people do this. So like, <laughs> by and large, I don't like it when people like, <laughs> randomly tag me in photos when it's like oh it's a giveaway tag seven friends like please don't do that like i i I don't i don't need that see let me stop you let me stop you right there i tell people i haven't really gone out there and said this because i don't like that idea of the giveaway right i don't like those instagram giveaways the the tag wreaths retweet follow all those things i tell people to go ahead and tag me because i hate them and that way they don't have to feel guilty about tagging someone that's it's going to annoy so anytime you want to do those instagram giveaways where you have to like tag people and do all this just throw my throw throw pin act in there i couldn't care less <laughs> all right throw him in but don't because, throw me in yes yeah, because i'll never run one of those type of giveaways on instagram because that's that's too much work for somebody to do all it's that interesting because so, like i i don't like i hate them and so don't want to see them but you hate them but don't care about seeing them well, I want to make I want to make our listeners' lives easier because there's some good giveaways they should enter, and if they ever feel there, and someone, a lot of people won't enter because they're guilty about ta- the tagging people part, right? It puts people mm. in a in a bind. So I'm just saying, throw pin in me there. Feel bad. I I do not care. Like I literally do not care. Hmm. So sorry. We should get back to why. Well, no, I'm the bad uh, guy. All right, okay. You can no, continue tagging so me if you want to no, keep no, no, tagging no. me. Keep tagging me. But anyway. What I was going to say is I really appreciate that when cool pens pop up on Instagram, people tag me in them. So like we have a king of pen that we'll talk about in a minute. I find out about so many cool limited edition pens because people tag me and then I get to see them. So I I like that service that the pen addict listeners provide for me. They're like, oh, Mike would like to see this. And you know what? You're always right. He he does want (laughs) to see them. Yeah, because this one I would not have seen unless our friend Fude fan tagged me in this post about this Platinum 3776. So I don't know what this store is, and I tried to hunt it down, and I I couldn't find it. But he says, uh, I'm going to read just this little blurb in his Instagram Instagram post. It says, another look at this Wagner commissioned, and I don't know if it's Wagner or Wagner, but he's in Japan. I don't know. Don't, Don't yell at me. This Wagner Commission Platinum 3776 matte brown barrel and rose gold trim are such a great combination. Kudos, Morison. As expected, the nib has that sublime 
platinum feedback that Penn Addict keeps raving about on the podcast. So that's how I found this post because I, I follow Food A Fan, but I also follow 3,000 other people and you never know what the Instagram algorithm is going to show you. So thank you for tagging me in this. It's a beautiful pen. Like, I want this pen. I'm not going to get it. Like, it's not something I'm going to hunt down and stuff. I like that Platinum's doing this. I'm sure they've done this for a long time. I'm sure they've done custom editions for lots of people. But now we're starting to get a little more insight and a few more eyeballs on these types of things, right? As this community keeps growing and people start to find interesting things and then they latch onto things and they kind of dig in and figure out new things that are being created for new stores, especially when you have someone on the, on the ground, uh, like Jacob in Tokyo, you know, taking, uh, you know, sending over these, uh, images and, uh, let me see here. He has a link to Wagner. So I guess Wagner's just a shop. I am. Yeah, so I don't know. So the point of sharing this is obviously that this was something that I wanted from Platinum this year, right? I mm-hmm. want the Platinum, I want Platinum to play around with some custom editions. I want my orange Platinum. Like, I think an orange rhodium trim Platinum 3776 oh, has yeah. to be in the cards. That's one of the yeah, most perfect, yeah. like, limited edition colors. They gotta, they gotta, they gotta get that done. But, you know, I may never see this pen in person in my life but i love that we can share these things with people halfway around the world and say boy that's really cool i hope hope platinum keeps doing cool things like this and maybe one day i'll get one that you know really fits fits my style i would totally buy this one how about you i'd need to see it i don't know brown is not really my color Mm -hmm. i don't think yeah but so it does look like, beautiful like it's very yeah. not i love the nib the nib has some really interesting art on it like it's very good looking but it's mm-hmm. i don't know if brown and gold I'd, yeah. I'd have to see i'd have to see how rose the rose gold is you know right right and it's just it looks like the generally basic style it doesn't look like it's you know etched or molded barrels like the kumpu or nice and all those things but i think it's just super super cool good looking mm-hmm. so you mentioned the nib and I wanted to bring this up because this came up in Slack last week that they someone in Slack linked to a post on another forum saying that they had a really bad experience with platinum nibs out of the mm. box. Like they had to go through like four different nibs and things like that because and they wanted my opinion because I always rave about the out of the box platinum experience. And I think that's generally true, although I will say that the soft fine and that also came up in the responses in Slack, the soft fine platinum that they introduced in their main lineup last year was extremely dry. And I think a lot of people had fits with that one. So like, that's, that's fair. Like that nib was not great out of the box. Like for me, it was, I liked it um, for what it was. I didn't have any modifications out of it. And then I got to thinking about it and I got an ultra extra fine in my Kumpu that I didn't think was ultra extra fine enough. So maybe there's something to the platinum nib thing. I'll have to start paying attention more. I've never had an issue with extra fine, fine, medium, whatever general basic stock nibs I've used from platinum. They've all just sung right from the get go, but maybe on the special edition, special specialty type nibs that they're expanding those lineups a little bit more maybe something to keep an eye on. So that's something I'll pay attention into in the future. I don't see it as an across the board issue. 
Um, it seems like an outlier more than anything. But I do know a lot of people had soft, fine nib issues when they dropped that in the main lineup last year. So maybe it's a, a matter of tweaking that um, as they continue to move forward with lots more nibs and lots more pins, especially my orange rhodium trib pin. Speaking of which. Oh, God. Professional freaking podcaster right there. That's all I know. This is killing me. What are you going to do, Mike? What do, oh, what's What's killing you? What are you talking about? Two new king of pens. They're in, <laughs> they're in the 1911 shape, and yeah. they are carrying with them the Fresca Blue and Royal Tangerine colors. So we have two Sailor King of Pens in two of the most interesting designs, color-wise, that they've done in a long time in the standard lineup. I'm really struggling with this one. <laughs> I know I'm going to buy... Well, okay, so I know I want to buy the orange one, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. The blue one, I'd need to see it. But I love that orange so much, and I love my King of Pen so much, I feel like this would be like a home run. (laughs) But it's just like now I'm wondering when and where do I buy it, and I'm thinking like whilst it is available at some online vendors, I maybe should wait and see if I can pick it up in person at some point. Right, mm-hmm. So I just don't buy it now. But, oh my God, it's killing me. <laughs> I, I've come around to the 1911 shape. We've talked about this a lot. These look really good. They've always done kind of around the the Ebonite Arushi King of Pins, like the older King of Pins from several years ago, just the Black Ebonite and Arushi King of Pins all had rounded tops, but they weren't a 1911 because they didn't have all the additional cat bands and hardware. Um, as much as these I've always liked that shape in a large size pen that's a really good shape Um, I mean these are a pass for me personally I have two king of pens I'm good like this is a lot of money to spend on another one that I wouldn't use as much as the two that I currently have Mm because I'm I'm enthralled with the two that I currently have but these are stunning these will absolutely sell out I think it's a it's a tough pill to That's swallow price, price point i'm waffling on whether i should i mean this is because i know i i want one of these i know that like even the blue yeah. one i think i would really enjoy that but blue in person uh, looks stunning uh, but you know how good that orange looks i mean but, it's the same this is it, right then like do i want the or- the blue because i already have the orange or do i want ah, the orange I because i know i love the orange this is i'll the tell problem. you this if you if you bought the blue, you would regret it not having the orange. I'll just tell you that right so now. So what, you telling me to buy both of them? What are you telling me right now, Brad? Because I can't I'm do that. Saying, yeah, I'm saying if you bought the blue first, you're going to regret it and end up with both. So you should buy the orange and be done. But I don't. But this is the thing, though. I don't know if I want to buy it right now. Because it's still like an $880 pen, right? Yeah, it's no joke. It's no joke. It's and, a serious I mean, investment. Like, y'all know how I feel about the king of pen. I have never once in my life said that the king of pen is worth that price. It's for anyone. It's It's worth that price to me. Yes. It is for what you get. It is insanely overpriced. It's a plastic barrel pen. But let me tell you though, but let me tell you, (laughs) I have never used a pen as good as the king of pen that I have. It is right. There's something about it. The best pen 
I have ever used. I prefer it to every Nakaya I've ever used. Like, it is the my absolute number one. So then it's like, okay, is it worth $800 to me? Yes, it is. Right. <laughs> right? But I just... But I it's just, I, uh, an absolutely egregious price it's point. It's an obscene <laughs> amount of money. And they will sell every single one of these. That's why it's killing me, because then am I going to always regret it if I didn't <laughs> get it? You will not, Mike. You will not regret it if you didn't get it, because there's always a next pin. But it's the orange one that I really I like. know. I'm just telling you. Yeah, you're, you're right. You are right. Because the one that I have is not one that I knew that I wanted, because it didn't exist to me. Right, right. right. But I prefer it to every other one that I've used. Like, desi- right. like uh, in the design, you know, like it is my yeah. favorite. The one that I have is my favorite. Totally. And that was just, that was dumb luck. Mm-hmm. Guess what? I mean, dumb luck can happen again in two or three years, right? They're going to make the, more colors that I like. I know. Yeah. 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 But I still do really want this orange one. I mean. $180. Like if you're even remotely considering this one, the, the fresca is not an option. All right. That's I, it. That's good to know. That's good to know. It does look really great, but yeah, it's not the orange, is it? For what you have, yes. Oh, like gosh. If you, yeah. If you buy the Fresca, you're just committing to buy both of them. And that's not what you want. No. You don't want to do that. That's too much money for a plastic pen. <laughs> Plus, you can't even you can't even see what makes these pens so expensive in this model because you can't see through them. Like that big, huge nib unit section, all that material on That's the inside. That's a really good point. Of you the see, pi- of the pen, I would never you lose buy this. that visual. I would never buy this if I hadn't already owned one. Right? I would never buy this pen because all it is is a big version of the pen I already have. Right? Or right. you look at it. I bought. I wanted a a clear one. I wanted a demonstrator model so you could see the crazy mechanics going on inside this thing, which just seemed like such right. beautiful overkill. Right. But now I love it because of how it feels to use. So I know yeah. that even though I can't see into this 1911, I would still love it because of how it feels to use. Right. Right. So here's the here's the actual real problem, and Sandra's kind of alluding to this in the chat room. The minute you pick this up, you are done. I I just promise you that. If you ever pick this pen up, you will buy it. If you have that opportunity at a pen show, like in Atlanta, that's going to be your siren's call. And will you or won't you? You know, that's going to be the, the inflection point. So... <laughs> I think I think you need to decide before before you come to Atlanta. Well, but that's assuming there would be any. True. There will. I mean, they they obviously have a pretty good stock of these colors, right? They're using the the colors that were sold so well before, so I think they're committed to that color and uh I imagine these are obviously going to be way more available than like the Arushi King of Pins and things that are harder to make and that are you know twice as much as these and these are already expensive so I, they're awesome they're stunning I'm I'm hundred percent out I have no interest but I love Why? everything about I I just the money it's too much money for what it is and I say okay. this owning two of them okay I will buy one I'm not gonna buy it today okay 
right? Like if I if I see this pen at a pen show, I will buy it. Like I'm telling this is you, my guarantee bro. to the world, I will buy it. But I'm yeah. not going to buy it online. There's just something about that amount of money. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to. I don't want my transaction to occur online for that. I want to be able to pick it up and hold it yeah. before I before I fork over nearly a thousand dollars. I'll let you know in Baltimore my my thoughts. I'll get a chance to see them then. So no, that's only. I don't want. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna love it. I know, so I don't want to know. <laughs> oh boy, who knew King of Pen was gonna sink its teeth into us? Sorry about that. That was all my fault. Mm-hmm. So I got another thing that I know you don't want to buy this pen online, but. There might be some paper you want to buy online, and I think I may have mentioned Blank Slate Paper Company in the podcast before, but maybe not because it didn't have its full launch until yesterday. This is our buddy Dave. I don't think you have. Yeah, this is our buddy Dave Ray. You know Mountain Biker Dave. We all know Mountain Biker Dave. Love Dave. Yeah. Love Dave. He's the best. He's been working on this site. I don't know. I think I sat with Dave in D.C. last year and went through the game plan for Blank Slate Paper, and what he's built, like... He's built the code for this to customize your notepads. And by customization, we're talking, if you can think of it on a notepad, you can have it. And you can have it all. <laughs> you can have as little or I as much as you I don't understand how this is possible. Like, I just, I can't get my head around it. How it's freaking amazing. Yeah. So I've tested like alpha versions of the site, beta versions of the site, and I got the, I was on the beta team and I got a beta code to order one. Uh, So I got mine at 50% off, but I went through like the entire ordering process and I went for something simple, but I know other people that played around with this and, and got all kinds of craziness in their paper designs. I basically went with, went with an orange graph. Like you can pick like every color of the rainbow any color of graph you want, any color of dot, any color of hex. I mean, what's what? I mean, any shape. Uh, you can change the line widths. Like you don't have a fixed line width, or you don't have a fixed grid square. You can have a one millimeter square. You can have a ten millimeter square. You can have, you know, you can have your horizontal lines green and your vertical lines pink, or you can have your dots blue. I don't. It's it's the dangest thing I've ever seen. It's super fun to build it. I have mine sitting on my desk here. There, it comes in two paper styles. I have the HP uh, premium 32-pound paper in mine, and I forget the other one since that's what I bought. So I, I can't remember the other name, but there's two choices. So I don't know. This is just insanely cool to see a friend build something like this and to be able to watch it like get released into a product is fascinating. But... What blows my mind is actually the coding and like the back end that actually makes this possible. And it's like dead simple, right? You just like go in, you you can sit there and play around with all the tools to your heart's desire to see what kind of paper format you can come up with. And then you go, okay, I'm done. I made, you know, this unicorn barf dot grid graph reticle hexagonal notepad and order 
and then boom, like, you know, whenever it, it like a week later or whenever, however long it takes to get made, I don't, I can't remember. It just shows up and there's your paper. It's pretty cool. I love how this customization is on this. So good job by you, Dave. Yeah, it's wild. This is wild. I love it. What a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, so you'll have to spend some time going through the creator and see what all you can do. Like me saying words about what the cre- the paper creator part of it is is not going to do it justice. You'll have to. We'll have a link in the show notes. You can go and mess around with that and just play around, see what you can create. Like I said, I didn't get too crazy. I think I got a five or six millimeter orange grid. I almost did alternating color lines, but I thought, uh, let's just do orange for the for the beginning. So I did that. It was great. Boom. Wow, look at this. You can <laughs> you can sit there for an hour making paper paper you can patterns. Layer them. Yeah, it's insane. So I can have Huh. Like <laughs> That's pretty that's exactly I think what Dave's going for is like, oh, I can do this. Huh. Like that's what you do when you go through this little creator tool that he has there. It's really Yeah, neat. I can do some stuff that I should never do. <laughs> but I can also do point. some things that I should do. That's the point. How do you know it's not great until you do it, right? It yeah. could be terrible. It could be awful. But guess what? You still got to make it, and it looks pretty cool. And you can try it out and see how it works. And then you can, go, if it doesn't work, you can go build another one. I can put all of them on together. <laughs> <laughs> Horizontal lines. Please don't. <laughs> vertical lines, dot, and reticle. I've done mm. it, and that is... And a, you can adjust the spacing between. Yep. You can so adjust can the vertical and horizontal. Yep. Dave, you need to, if you're listening, you need to make a, pl- a pl- like a promise to me. If anybody ever tries to get all four of them printed on the same time, tell them no. <laughs> I've just done this and it's it's not good, man. <laughs> tell <laughs> no them one, no. No one should want reticle a, dot horizontal it, and vertical lines. <laughs> or all different be a bad colors. Experience. Yeah, this is. Oh my god, Brad! I'm making some not, monsters over here. It's not. It's not different colors, Mike. It's all the colors. Oof, this is a huge different. Huge difference. Brown, brown vertical, blue dots, orange <laughs> vertical, blue, a uh, green horizontal. Yeah, you're gonna break, Dave. Yeah, it's don't not, don't break it, Mike. It's not good. I don't know if like I have a link for it. Like I don't know if it's mm-hmm. like a link that people can actually see. If that's mm-hmm. how it works. But. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so I have my pad. I've been using it. So when I go through this one, uh, oh, it does. I think it pulled yours up. Boy, that is grotesque. <laughs> yeah, it pulled yours up. <laughs> I'll see if I'll put it in the show notes. I don't know if it will save, but. Oh, God, you that. can get a you can get a close up view and it's even worse. That's what I mean. The close up view is where the real horror starts to show. <laughs> Or maybe this starts something terrible and people just buy that design that I made. Right. I mean, that could be something. Maybe you might have actually just solved some like quantum physics problem by that grid. I mean, someone someone you know, could find you, some use for it, right? Yeah. Oh, I can yeah. actually make the lines thicker. <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying this. <laughs> Which makes it worse, better in a worse way. Mm hmm. Yeah, I was gonna make a, a like a plaid grid, and I, I talked myself out of it. I should have. I, I went very basic on the, my first first pad, and then I'm gonna get another pad with the the secondary paper. Um, I just gotta figure out what I'll make. I'll probably just do some kind of daughter radical thing. Okay, I definitely made it worse, and now I'm done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed that. <laughs> this is a great tool. How fun. Good work, yeah. Dave. Good good job, Dave. Like this is all like created by him. Like every piece, every piece of like this back end on how this works is is created by him. So it's very, very impressive work. All right, today's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. They will let you easily create a website for your next idea or project with all of the tools that you need to make it shine. Whether you want to make a blog or a portfolio, an online store, a site for an event, a site for your business, a site for your band, they have all of the tools that you're going to need in an all-in-one platform. You can get a unique domain name to give your website the brand that it deserves. You can take advantage of and customize award-winning templates so it looks fantastic for all of your visitors. And take advantage of 24-7 and custom support in case you need any help at all. There is nothing to install or patch or upgrade with Squarespace. It is that all-in-one platform. Everything that is there is just easy for you to use. You can just use it all in the web browser. You don't have to worry about anything except making your content the best that it can possibly be. I have used Squarespace for... I don't even know how many years. I don't even know how many projects, but I know it's a lot of them, and I know it's for as long as I've ever wanted to be a professional on the internet because I understand how to use Squarespace in a way that I don't understand how to code a website. I just don't know how to do it, but I don't need to know because I can use Squarespace. Their plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial today with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com slash penaddict. When you sign up, use the code penaddict to get 10% of your first purchase of a website or domain and you'll also be showing your support for this show once again that's squarespace.com slash penaddict and the code penaddict for 10% off uh, off your first purchase our thanks to squarespace for their support of this show squarespace make your next move make your next website really excited about this bath batch of ask tpa we have this week some really right. good questions so let's let's dig into them I'll, I'll 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 read the first one then we'll we'll switch them up so uh, Andrew Hathaway asks, what's the best way to find information on part sizes and specifications to ensure that swapping parts will fit and function correctly? I found it rather hard to gather information on what nib sizes, pins, and nib units were. Is there a reliable resource for this? What an amazing question. I'm surprised this doesn't come up all the time. Yeah. Back back in the, back in, uh, the fishing vest, uh, the dawn of the fishing vest, there were manuals from all the big manufacturers because they were essentially also doing double duty as repair shops. So you had full-on parts manuals, every piece's part, size, diameter, dimensions. You got a pin shows down. You could find these old manuals on the desk or, or on tables for sale. But this is not what you're asking. You're asking today, how can I know what parts I can swap and manipulate and move and change and you know play around with because that's honestly part of the fun once you get past like you know once you get to like level 10 fountain pen you know you're ready to to get into like the fidgeting and the the manipulating and the creating things with with your different fountain pens how do you know what you can do is there a resource for that and there's not so that's a long way of me telling you there's not but it's just a matter of the conversation around the experts in that area and finding where those people hang out like FP geeks or fountain pen network, where you're taking one part and you want to know what else it can fit. You know, you're just going to have to find where these people hang out and be able to talk to them, the pen addict slack. You know, we have a lot of, a lot of pit people who will figure out ways to put vintage flex nibs into Twisbees, you know, things like that. But there's no one resource that says, you know, where you get to 
take you know take a something from column A, something from column B, and you can make you know your Franken pin. There's just not a resource like that. It would be fabulous if they were. Um, I think it's a fantastic idea. It's just we're almost to a too far gone state right now to circle back and create something like that. Um, it's technically possible, but I just don't think there's a resource out there like it. So you're just going to have to find the right people to talk to about the specific thing. You know, start with a specific question. You know, I want to do this. How can I find the person that can help me do this? And then build on that information. That's the best thing I can say right now. Our next question comes from Michael B. Lasher. What could Field Notes do in 2019 to blow your socks off? I've struggled with this one. I did too. I, and I still don't have a definitive answer. I don't know that I have an answer. I don't think they could blow my socks off. I don't think they can blow my socks off, but I will say this. In Field Notes, I trust, right? I trust mm-hmm. that they're going to at some point, right? I don't know technically what that would be, but there's going to be one or two editions next year where I go, yes, this is mm-hmm. why I subscribe to Field Notes, right? So just having faith in the overall company. There aren't other companies that I just give money to blindly. I pay them upfront for products that they have never shown me. Right. Like that is the difference with Field Notes because I trust them. Like mm-hmm. to blow my socks off is is a difficult thing, I think, because at this point I expect so much from them. Right. For them to really like to blow me away is is difficult, I think, these days. Right. Mm-hmm. Like and, and I think that most of the time that they've done it is when they go really ambitious. But there, the other times when I don't like them is when they also go really ambitious. So, like, sure. it's difficult. It is very difficult. Um, but I, I agree with your sentiment. Like, yeah. I believe they can do it, and I'm genuinely really excited to see what what they've got for yeah uh, for 2019. So let me give you let me give you an example of one of their notebooks that blew my socks off. Yet I disliked, and this is why I trust them as a company. When they did the Shelterwood edition, the way that they manipulated the physical wood to make a notebook cover mm-hmm. blew my socks off. Mm-hmm. Like that technically blew my socks off. I dislike that edition just for me personally to use, right? That doesn't mean I was not blown away by what they accomplished with that edition. And I think that's what they do best, right? They're willing to experiment and take some chances like that. And that's why, like you said, I pay them money for things I have not seen because I have faith that they're going to knock my socks off consistently. All right. J. Mary, I like carrying pins in my pants pocket because it's convenient. Recently, I noticed cracks in the cap of my favorite print pin, Aurora Optima Orange Flex. Do you carry pocket pins in your pocket? What about regular pins? Now I'm hesitant to carry pins I care about in my pocket. He attached a picture. That's a legit crack. That's like something pressure, something you banged into. I carry pins in my pocket all the time. I've carried my Aurora Optima Gray Flex in my pocket as recently as this week. I don't know what happened to that pin. That's a lot. That's that's a big crack. That's not a just something over time type of crack. That's a... uh, sizable (laughs) sizable crack in that cap so there are single pin sleeves you can get that 
don't really bulk up the pins too much, like the the rickshaw single pin sleeve for a fabric sleeve, or you know, there's a many many leather pin sleeves where you can get a single pin sleeve in there. I don't hesitate to carry any pin in my pocket. As a matter of fact, the one I've been the most nervous about carrying in my pocket, which I have done for most of the past week, is the Mark One because there's no clip and it's very slick and it's retractable. So there's all kinds of things that can go wrong in my pocket, like losing it for one because it's very slick and can just slide right out. But I still carry pins in my pocket. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I don't carry keys. I don't carry keys in the same pocket as my pins. But um, I, I mean, I don't have any tips other than you can get a single pin sleeve because whatever hit that pin was more than normal every day carrying around carry. I was wondering about because I was wondering what you wanted to say about it. it's like is it just is that a natural crack or something? It was you reckon something hit it? It wasn't like just yeah. a split in the acrylic. Yep, that's not an everyday knock around crack to okay. me. But I mean, I can't see it in person. It doesn't look like an everyday knock around crack to me. That looks like if you hit your leg on the corner of a coffee table, except the pin was in the way. Okay. All right. Next question comes from at QMSQRD. KMSQRD. I'm taking a first order logic course this semester, which is going to require using pencil. I haven't regularly used a pencil in 20 plus years. Any suggestions for something that holds a point, writes reasonably darkly, and doesn't smear? So there's a pretty wide ranging group of pencils you can start looking at for this. Um, I'm assuming we're talking wood case pencil here. They haven't suggested specified. Yeah, the way it's worded sounds woodcase to me, and that's how I okay. took this. I'd look at something like the Uni Mark Sheet, which is a pencil that I really, really love. It's got a firm tip, still writes dark, holds the point very well. Uh, the Blackwing 602 is also in that category. Um, if they ever come out with the Blackwing Extra Firm Core, that would definitely be something in the category. But look at something on the H side of the scale, maybe up to 2H. And you'll get a little firmer point. It'll still be reasonably dark. It's going to hold the point well. It's going to be really fine looking. I don't have anything highly specific to recommend other than those I just did because there's actually a pretty wide range there. Um, The Unimark sheet is one I would look at um, towards the top of the list and also the Blackwing 602. And then see what you think. And you say, oh, no, this is too soft or this smears too much, whatever. And then we can look at something different. And if it's a mechanical pencil, then that's a completely different conversation. All right. Sarah says she usually goes to the Atlanta Pen Show. Is it Uni Mark Sheet or Mitsubishi? It's same thing. It's Mitsubishi oh. Mark Sheet. So it's oh. Mitsubishi is the parent company. I don't, it's confusing. So there's Google Mitsubishi. wasn't helping me with, with yeah. Uni. Sorry. Mitsubishi Mark Sheet. Okay. But theoretically, the same. Like Mitsubishi is the parent but they release products under Mitsubishi. Then they release products under Uni. And then they release products under Uniball. And there's probably even more. But yeah, all related. Thank you. Did you find it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, Sarah usually goes to the Atlanta Pen Show, but the early scheduling this year means I have to miss it. And the San Francisco Pen Show always conflicts with Burning Man. Since I can't go to Atlanta, I'd like to try a new show this year. While I enjoy shopping, looking at all the pens, I like learning opportunities, panels and workshops, and socializing even more. Do you have any recommendations for an alternate pen show I should check out? I'd be open to anything in North America. 
I feel like I answered this question or maybe I just said it on Twitter. My two that I would recommend are probably Chicago and Baltimore. I know Baltimore's coming up soon. You may not have time to you know, work on that travel, but both of those have great panels, workshops, classes. They have a great show and then they have very good after hours, just socializing and hanging out spaces. Um, at least out of the shows I've been to, I haven't been to every show in the country. Those kind of come to the, to the top of my list. So, um, that's what I would be thinking about. All right. Next question comes from Jim. Jim says, I'm thinking about trying my first stub nib, mainly to see line variation and potential ink shading. I'm somewhat worried as I usually go with a fine or extra fine nib as my handwriting looks better with a smaller nib. My questions are these. Do you have a favorite stub nib in the under $60 category? I have a Twisby 580 ALR. What are the pros and cons of getting a stub unit for it rather than just purchasing a new pen like a Twisby Eco or a stub for the Safari, although the Lamy calls their stubs italics. Um, I would say that, like, stub nib Twisby, love it. Like, 100%, I would say, go there. Yep. Big so, both of those pens that you mentioned, the Twisby and the Safari, have just nib options you can buy. The Twisby 580s, you can buy a complete nib unit. You can get 1.5 and 1.1 stubs. I don't know if they have a bigger one. But if you like extra fine, you want to go, you know, 1.1. The Safari, you can also get a 1.1, a 1.5, and a 1.9, but that's probably too wide. I really like the 1.1 Safari nibs are sharper on the edge, so they're more of a, a of an italic, yeah, like a stub italic. Um, I really like that. If you like extra fine, you might actually like that Safari um, italic nib better. And then you can even go finer if you go into the, some of the Japanese brands like Pilot. The Plumix comes with a 0.9 stub italic. I think they call it an italic. Um, that I think is just fantastic. So that's one of my favorites. Um, even though it's a weird pen, it comes in. If you have a Pilot pen, you can swap it into. Or maybe the Metropolitan might even offer that as an option. But the 0.9 pilot steel stub nibs are really really good so i choose the safari just get a loose safari nib you can get one for like 10 or 12 bucks they're easy to swap in and out cheaper than the twisby nib see if you like that style of writing and then uh, go from there all right christian is in the market for a portfolio and was wondering if you have any suggestions i have a colonel littleton number 18 a4 portfolio but was not in love with it since i use fountain pens and most notepads that can handle fountain pen ink or a4 size I would like my portfolio to accommodate a rhodia pattern such. Thank you so much. So this is a question I get pretty frequently, and I don't have an awesome answer for it. I think like the the Bellroy A4 folios are pretty fantastic. They're very expensive. I don't know if that's like a style that you like. I'd look at One Star Leather, even if he doesn't. I don't know if Keegan makes a4 size folios he would probably custom make you one that would have the bells and whistles that you want i don't know for that for a fact but the a4 size folio used to be like a real commonplace thing you know you know a decade or two ago and it's still in use so i want to know what those good products are and those are the, all i can come up with right now so if you have any folios that you use to carry a4 size pads not a5 i think we're pretty good on a5 but A4 full-size pads, other than something like the Bellroy, which is really expensive, but really nice, um, let me know. I'd be interested to poke around and see what other folios are out there. Do you have anything for this? Have you seen anything or carried anything like this? No. No, yeah. I have nothing for that. 
yeah, it's been a while since I've carried something that size in a folio. Um, so yeah, I'd be good to know. Poke around Bellroy, take a look at One Star Leather Goods, um, and then I'll see if the, the chat has anything, and I'll shoot you an email um, if, if there's any other tips and tricks for good, high-quality A4 size portfolios. All right, I think that wraps it up for today's episode. If you want to find our show notes, go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 343 or look in your podcast app of choice and you should find links to a bunch of stuff we've spoken about there today. Um, it was something I hadn't considered. So the uh, what I the, the horrific paper that I have made, right? Uh, yeah. The link <laughs> is adjust. It makes it adjustable. So since the chat room has gone in and changed it, so... <laughs> Now I am wondering what is that going to look like by next week. All right, stay tuned because people can go in and just play around with it. Dave, I really hope we don't break anything on your website. This is going to be a stress test for you, I guess. A little um, stress for sure. But it's uh, you know that that's the thing. People can go in and just tinker around with it, and oh boy, they are. Uh, is it's worse? Sorry, Dave. <laughs> You, thank you so much to Squarespace and FreshBooks for their support of the show. Thank you for listening. You can find Brad online at penaddict.com. He's Dowdyism on Twitter, penaddict on Instagram. I am iMike, I am YKE on penaddict. On penaddict. I do that all the time. On Instagram and Twitter, I am iMike. I'm not iMike on penaddict. <laughs> Maybe I am, but probably Maybe. not. Uh, you, Brad, when are you Twitch streaming next? Oh, that's a good question. It'll probably be this weekend or next week. We had a couple of great streams this week where I addressed envelopes for like four hours, and it was hilarious. Wonderful. We had the best time. Like y'all should come should come hang out. I keep everyone entertained while they're all working and shouldn't be working. They put me on in the background while I address envelopes. It's fantastic. Twitch.tv/penaddict for that as well. Uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>